You are listening to the San Antonio Zen Center Dharma Talks. The San Antonio Zen Center is supported solely by donation, so that everyone can participate in our offerings and programs, regardless of income. If you are able, please consider making a donation to SAZC through the donation button on our site, sanantoniozen.org, or by visiting paypal.me slash sanantoniozen. Thank you for your practice and enjoy the talk. Good morning. Good morning. I think a relatively short talk today, but we'll see what happens. This is from uh, case four of the Book of Serenity. And it's the world honored one points to the ground. So the case goes, as the world honored one, which is one of the epithets for the Buddha. As the world honored one was walking with the congregation, He pointed to the ground with his finger and said, This spot is good to build a sanctuary. Indra, emperor of the gods, took a blade of grass, stuck it in the ground, and said, The sanctuary is built. A world-honored one smiled. So if you recall from the story of the Buddha's awakening, this Indra is the same Indra that begged the Buddha to teach. When, the, when after the Buddha woke up, and uh, during the time that he was at Bodh Gaya sitting, he thought, you know, this this can't be taught. I can't I can't teach this. And Indra appeared and said, "Please, the world the world needs this. Please teach this." So. I'm, Another story is from the old days at Tassahara when Suzuki Roshi was working with students. And not, not a lot of folks know this, but Suzuki Roshi really liked working with rocks. Uh, he was very interested in the rock gardens. And if you ever go to Tassahara, Outside of the Kaisando in the Abbot's cabin, uh, the Kaisando is the founder's hall. It's normally its own building. We just have uh, a fireplace, an old fireplace altar for our Kaisando. But in monasteries, it's its, its own building, in which it has the uh, it has the, the the names of the former abbots on what are called ehi. These, boards with characters written on them with abbot's <coughs> names. So, uh, anyway, outside the Kaisando in the abbot's cabin is a rock, one of the rock gardens that Suzuki Roshi built. And he really liked working with, with rocks and seemed to have a real talent for it. And this was late 60s, early 70s, so he had been 
would have been in the early 60s, I think, at that point. Um, so they were working with rocks. It was really hot. And they took a break, and all these strapping young guys just kind of fell out onto the ground, exhausted. And Suzuki Roshi seemed just fine. And, and, and if you don't know, uh, Suzuki Roshi, I think, was like, Four foot nine. He was very, very small. Very, very small guy. So he'd probably been working harder than the students, you know, proportionately. So the students asked him, so Suzuki Roshi, I, I don't get it. We're young and we're strong. And you're not so big. And you're not so young. How is it that you seem fine? Suzuki Roshi said, I rest in every moment. I rest in every moment. That was his response. So as the Buddha is walking along with his entourage, <coughs> he does what teachers like to do throw something out there and see what the response is going, is going to be. I said, this is, a good, this is a good place to build a sanctuary. It's often translated as a refuge, a monastery. So Indra sticks a blade of grass in the ground and says, it's done. It's, it's there. So in actuality, as soon as we say sanctuary, the sanctuary is there. As soon as he says, this is, this is a good place to build a sanctuary, the sanctuary's already been built. The blade of grass was kind of extra. And what, what this sets up is that it's an interesting dynamic because we can think, well, there wasn't the sanctuary there before, but as soon as he says that there is one there now, It's very easy to get caught up into thinking like this dualistic world of before and after, cause and effect, just right now, just right now. And then there's, a, there's in, the, in the commentary, which I'll read in a few minutes, there's a reference to the, the world of the red dust, which you hear quite a bit in Buddhism. But the red dust, uh, which is usually often uh, used to describe the world outside the monastery. Uh, I've even heard it called uh, the world of passion as well, you know, like the conventional world, the world of suffering. So whenever we think, as soon as we think 
sanctuary, the sanctuary is there. Just as someone asked Suzuki Roshi about uh, sex. Asked him about sex. He says, as soon as you say sex, everything is about sex. And what, what this can do for us, it can set up this very dualistic world. This is a sanctuary. And this is not. That is not. This is, that is not. That is, this is not. So if we say something was a sanctuary, that this is a good place for a sanctuary, was it not a sanctuary before? Is it only a sanctuary because we think it's a sanctuary? Because we want it to be a sanctuary. Another way to look at it is every place is a sanctuary. Every place is every place can be a sanctuary for us. If we are willing to see it, if we want to see it. It's really easy to think, especially a place like a monastery or a temple like the Zen Center, where okay, this is this is a place I can come and take refuge for a while. And that's true. And that's true. Or we often get caught up into a lot of struggles when we think of when we think of the outside world is being different. Right? And it actually may be our experience. Right? Because if we're the only one in the if we're the only one in the meditation hall, we're sitting by ourselves, every now and then that, that happens for me. I'm the only one in I'm the only one in the mornings. It's so easy to think, oh how peaceful, how nice. It's kind of the same thing like uh, I don't know about for you all, but when I was in the corporate world, about 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, I started getting really depressed thinking about Monday. Oh, God, i got to go back, go back to the mortgage company and work in a mortgage company. Oh, the first day and a half had been a sanctuary. <laughs> but then after that, it was like, oh, now it starts. with us wherever we go. We can sit down, we can find quiet places during the course of the day, a place that bring, brings us peace, maybe even some love, some equanimity, even if it's for five minutes. Even if it's for five minutes at a time, that's our blade of grass, that's our sanctuary. The nice thing about a blade of grass is that it is portable as opposed to a building.
and and we also at the same time we become we keep our limitations in mind. I think of a story about the Dalai Lama where he was doing one of his tours around the world, and he was invited to I think it was an elementary school. He was invited to an elementary school. And so he was with these kids and was talking to these kids. And when he left, the teachers were saying, oh, you're so good with these kids. You should have been a teacher. And he said, he said I'd lose it in about two hours. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we, we, rec- we recognize what our limitations are. Some folks thrive in the company of, of little kids, and others are others are kind of undone. Okay, undone by it. And the reality is, we're all walking around in the world with little kids, with little kids in big kid body. So. Bring our blade of grass to these little kids in the big kid body. To, to bring the blade of grass is to be a grown-up, which is what Uchiyama Roshi said a bodhisattva is. Somebody asked him what a bodhisattva is. I think a grown-up. I think a grown-up. Commentary to this, to this, uh, to this column. This is Indra stuck a blade of grass in the ground and said, "The sanctuary is built." The commentary is, "Repairs won't be easy." won't be easy. Uh, actually not necessary. Repairs aren't necessary with the blade of grass. With this with the sanctuary, because the sanctuary is what we find here. The sanctuary is not something that's outside of us. This is what we this is conventionally what we want to think. Back in the old days, people used to, I think people still do, take refuge in church during times of strife and warfare. It was a sanctuary in those times because it was recognized as a place that you couldn't go in, you couldn't couldn't go slaughtering people in the church. That's refuge. Refuge, safe harbor. The sanctuary is actually what is what arises in us, what is cultivated in practice. It's actually not a place and that is cultivated in our practice, in our lives, manifest in our lives. 
then we carry that blade of grass with us everywhere. And indeed, that blade of grass was always there. We just needed to find it. As the world honored one was walking with the congregation, pointed to the ground with his finger and said, this spot is good to build a sanctuary. You could even say that's extra. Actually pointed out, saying, this is this spot here. It's extra to, to use the words. Just to say, oh, everywhere is a sanctuary. Intro. Emperor of the gods took a blade of grass, stuck it in the ground, and said, This sanctuary was built. The world honored one smiled. and the world of the red dust. What we do is actually, some of you have heard me say this before, it's quite unusual what we do here. Right? Just coming and sitting, looking at a wall, realizing that been caught in the samsaric cycle, tolerating the suffering and being transformed as a result of it in the same way that uh, metal is tempered in, in fire. So it's a, what we do is unusual, but it's not special. And we're not special because we do it just ordinary folks, just as the same way that when someone asks the Buddha, well, what is it exactly that you do? And he said, well, we sit. We sit, we walk, we eat. <clears throat> and the person who asked him the question is, oh, well, I, I do this. Everybody does this. <clears throat> and the Buddha said, yes, but when we sit, we know we're sitting. When we walk, we know that we're walking. When we eat, we know that we're eating. So really what it all boils down to is there's, there's no place else that we can be than where we are right now. There's no place else that we can be right now. There's no alternatives because we're here. There's no one else that we can be other than who we are. Which can be a very pleasant notion if you've just won the Powerball or something along those lines. If you've come into good fortune. And it can be difficult. You have a difficult relationship with 
which is what most folks have. And there's no time except for the present. All these together, when we put all these things together, this is where our sanctuary is. So, this, this is where I am. This is where I am. This is when I am. This is who I am. Right now, anyway. Things are always changing. I'll be someone else later. I'll be somewhere else later. Often when we sit, we can do like the Buddha in terms of finding sanctuary. You know, when Mara's coming at with his army, these huge, huge elephants, war elephants. The Buddha was, might have been a little bit unsure of himself. He reached down to touch the ground. That's the, one of the mudras that you'll see. It's the earth touching mudra. Check in, ground himself a little bit. And in doing this, actually, the next mudra that actually arises is the no fear mudra, which I believe is on this on the statue right outside. This is no fear. Fear mudra that we see. Even if we're afraid. It's pretty vulnerable, right? It's kind of a vulnerable stance to be in. It's not, it's not defensive in any way. Open hands. Thoughts? 